Welcome home. This is Audio XP for the 18th of January 2020. And the title of this episode is The Big Money Week for RPG News. Two things have kept me busy on Geek Native this week. RPG news about money and a stream of good-looking and geeky trailers that hit the interwebs. I'm going to start, though, with news that might have fallen under the radar. Did you know that two of the original adventures for D&D are back in print? And by print, I mean a digital format. The two in question are The Palace of the Vampire Queen and The Dwarven Glory. The originals came out in 1976 and 1977. Now, there was an adventure included in the original Blackmore expansion, that was The Temple of the Frog, and that gets a title as the first ever published adventure for Dungeons & Dragons. However, Palace of the Vampire Queen and The Dwarven Glory are the first third-party adventures to be created and sold. The company that made them is We Warriors, and it was TSR themselves that ended up doing the distribution. Last year, Prices into Media, once known as Politically Incorrect Games, bought the Wii Warrior catalogue, and they've been re-releasing the adventures. Right, let's talk about money. Right now, over on the DMs Guild, you could save 1830 bucks. How? By all the adventures in the Fight Fires with Games collection. There are actually eight bundles in this collection, and this means you don't need to splash $150, you need to scoop them all. For example, the Fantasy Supplements bundle is worth over $470, and it could be yours for $30. It's great to see so many DM Guild creators, big and small, line up to help efforts in Australia. The fires are still burning, and there are years of recovery ahead. That's if recovery is even possible. If you listened to last week's Audio AXP, you know that Chaosium helped lead the charge with a charity offer first. Green Ronin followed suit, and right now there's a 20% discount on the Fantasy Age Basic Rulebook, and 30% of all those proceeds will go to the fire effort. Another money story this week that's had broad appeal is a recent analysis of tabletop game projects on Kickstarter. A company called ICO Partners did all the hard work They tallied up the value and the number of the game's project on Kickstarter, and when they shared the data, they broke it down into categories. Geek Native focused on the tabletop data and drove a bit deeper. I can tell you that the second half of 2019 saw the most money raised for tabletop game projects than ever before. Over 95 million was found by gamers. There was a record number of projects to tempt us with too. 1,391 of those projects succeeded, 727 failed. Now, the success rate usually dips in the second half of the year, and that happened again in 2019. Symbolically, it means that the success rate for Kickstarter projects is back below 2 to 1. However, it's easy to imagine 2020 bringing in more than 100 million of tabletop game pledges. What a time to be a gamer! Two companies stood out as doing especially well with money this week. The first is Hero Forge. Now, I know, I don't think they've had a smooth ride of late, but they teased us with the possibility of custom colour minis uh, last week, and this week the Kickstarter launched and firms up that promise. At the time I'm writing the script, they have over 1.6 million in pledges from about 19,000 backers. That's incredible. 
The other company is Games Workshop, which I think have made a record profit. Online sales are up to twenty-four million pounds. Store sales are up to forty-five million pounds, and the trade division, that's selling minis to other stores for resale, is up to seventy-six million. They even managed to double their licensing fees to ten million. And that reminded everyone there's a Warhammer 40k TV project in the works. Investors are super pleased. The Games Workshop machine has become very good at turning investment into profits. Furthermore, investors like things like scale and barriers to entry. Games Workshop dwarfs their competitors so dramatically that they're almost impossible to compete with. That rather smoothly brings me on to a story that did not get as much coverage in the tabletop games news as I was expecting. Riot Games have announced they're going to do more board games. This is a company that does League of Legends. So, in the same week as investors were worried by Games Workshop on their lack of competitors, a 2,500 employee company reminded the world that it intended to get serious about tabletop games too. Yeah, I know board games and Games Workshop style war games aren't the same thing, but they end up in the same section on Kickstarter, and they're sold in the same shops, and they do overlap. So Games Workshop can't be complacent. There are intelligent and innovative companies out there that might try and compete with them. I mean, there's Asmodee too. After Hasbro, Asmodee is the second largest game maker, and it overlaps more significantly with Games Workshop. In fact, this week, Asmodee announced even more purchases of games companies. Gamers, though, would have probably been distracted by the news coming out of Asmodee's largest companies, Fantasy Flight Games. Last week, Fantasy Flight Interactive was closed, and the news broke that employees in the RPG department were being laid off. This created lots of speculation about the future of those RPGs. This week, a spokesperson for Fantasy Flight Games have confirmed that three RPG lines would carry on for now. That's the good news. But even if we count Star Wars as one of those lines, there are nine different RPG ranges listed on Fantasy Flight site. It seems likely that the RPGs that will continue are the Star Wars lines, Genesis and Legend of the Five Rings. So does that mean it's all over? Well, not quite. Fantasy Flight announced that the Star Wars Destiny game would end, and so would the organised play for it. It's only speculation, but it looks as if the less profitable parts of the company are closing down. Do you know what? There's even a money and profit angle in the D&D leak news. So, D&D's mysterious March book turned out to be the Explorer's Guide to Wildermount. Wildermount is part of the Talador setting, and that's the world that Critical Role plays in and created. It turns out that Matthew Martha was working with Wizards of the Coast for the last year and a half on this. Now, as the news broke that the March book was Explorer's Guide to Wildermount, three things happened, and they happened in this order. First, there was disappointment. And it wasn't a quiet disappointment. I saw hundreds of gamers taking to the web to complain. They didn't want a critical role book. They wanted another book. Oh, sure. They didn't agree on what book they wanted. Everybody wanted something else. But they knew they didn't want another Tolkien-style Western fantasy. Dark Sun was a popular mention. Then, the second thing that happened was Matthew Martha took to Reddit to share a heartfelt post in which he said it was okay to be disappointed. It was his usual charismatic self. 
This rallied Critical Role fans and others to express their support for the book. Why can't people just be allowed to enjoy things, they asked. And it's a good question. The third thing that happened is people began to wonder about the timing. You see, Matthew Mercer had been working with Green Ronan on books for Critical Role. The Talidor campaign setting came out years ago. I bought a copy of the book this week and it looks pretty good. The press release at the time spoke of an intention to do more than one book. Of course, that didn't happen. So if Mercer had been working with Wizards of the Coast secretly for the last 1.5 years, does that mean he was two-timing on Green Ronin? Well, we don't know. But the speculation has worried some gamers. I think it's unlikely Green Ronin will say anything to... Wow. That's some famous publishers and big names, and I've noted in the past how much easier it is for big companies to get media attention. To try and balance that, Geeknator's patron supporters get to pick an indie publisher every month for us to focus on. The winner of the poll this month is Gypsy Night Games. Call it perfect timing or call it horrible timing, but Gypsy Night Games is no more. They've rebranded to Independence Games this month. So you might imagine the use of the word Gypsy had its problems for them, but there were other reasons for the rebranding too, and I talked to John Watts about that. I guess one of the reasons is that Gypsy Night Games initially started as a third-party publisher to support Mongoose's efforts with Traveller. Though companies fell apart, and not in a particularly clean way either. Independence Games sci-fi titles no longer use Traveller, and they use the Cepheus engine instead. Sticking with sci-fi settings and game systems, I reviewed Lancer this week and I loved it. It's an easy game to learn, and a very difficult one to master. It merges narrative roleplay with tactical mech warfare. You get to build an interesting PC, while also getting to custom design your mech. I think it's worth checking out. The NWOL community voted on the best podcasts of 2019, and Zero Blue Origin is an actual play podcast for Lancer, and it won. So if you don't have the cash or the headspace to read the new RPG, perhaps checking that podcast out is worth it, as an alternative way to discover the game. Now, I want to quickly run through some of the many trailers that caught my attention this week. You can find them all on YouTube by searching for Geek Native Trailers or checking out the show notes. I think my favourite so far is Netflix's trailer for October Faction. The parents are monster hunters in secret and the family has just moved to a small American town and the teenage twins aren't happy about it. Feels like a perfect setup for a dramatic encounter with monsters, if you ask me. I also like the energy of the Stargirl trailer. You'd think I'd be tired of all these CW superhero efforts, and yet, yes, I'm miles behind in all of them, but the well is still there. Give me time and I'll watch them. I might not get the chance with Stargirl, though, as no UK network or streaming platform has picked the show up yet. Morbius the Living Vampire is getting a movie too. It's someone other than Marvel trying to do a Marvel movie. History isn't with them, but I'll admit the trailer looked pretty good. As it stands now, I'm going to give the movie a chance. I might even see if it can find Venom and give that a watch. There is an actual Marvel trailer to watch too. It's the second Black Widow trailer. It's okay. It feels like they're holding back a bit. After all, they don't really need to reveal all the good stuff to persuade people into the cinema. Black Widow's many appearances in the early Avenger movies have absolutely earned the character my attention. Not all superheroes are owned by DC and Marvel. 
one of Valiant's biggest titles is Bloodshot, and this week we had the second Bloodshot trailer with Vin Diesel. I want to support Valiant, so I will make the time for this movie as well. It doesn't quite feel as slick and as graceful as a Marvel effort, but that's no reason to give it the cold shoulder. In the States, TNT will air Snowpiercer TV series. Here in the UK, it's been picked up by Netflix. I'd say that's a good sign for the show. Netflix stopped buying the rights to anything that was not bottled down years ago. Plus, it has Jennifer Connelly in it and she's an incredible performer. The original Snowpiercer comic is outstanding too, ahead of its time in many ways. We're about to get more chilling events of Sabrina. The trailer for part 3 looks okay. I thought they had a challenge with part 2 and did a pretty good job. I think they have an even bigger challenge with part 3. I mean, what's left for Sabrina to do without twisting the show into something else entirely? Well, I'm happy to find out. Lastly, as my wild card suggestion, Netflix has a show called Ragnarok coming up. It's a Danish show set in Finland. A contemporary times good versus evil supernatural showdown just ahead of the possible end of the world. Well, that's the end of the podcast. Take care.